to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. All right, well, hello, everybody. Hey, guys. We are now in, I think we're in hour, what, four? Three, four. Ten? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's almost two. Yeah, we're we're just, doing it. Just how we do. Just get it done, mm-hmm. and also have long conversations in between. Oh my God, I know about everything about, about life. What, just we just have we have so Megan and I have just we have really interesting lives, and there's so much that you know do we, we just have to talk through. We just we have so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like how the only time I got out this weekend was to drive by your shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time I got out this weekend, too. Very it's the only time I've gotten out in the last, like, three months. Very complicated lives we live in. Yes. This is Megan. Oh, and this is Taylor. <laughs> Actually, you know what I did um, start to, I shouldn't say start, I've been doing it for a little while now, is the, um, the win masterclass. Is that what you're calling it, masterclass? Yes, well, we're switching, we switched it to program, but you can still, still call it a masterclass. It was, I, so I've gone, I've worked through a couple of them. I like them because I like yes. that I can do it on my own time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually, you'll be proud of me. I'm like all in. I'm like actually like, so I can't print out the worksheets, but instead what I'm doing is I'm just like copying them to a doc and I'm like, hmm, what are my thoughts on this? Girl, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so excited. I know, I'm kind of excited. Um, I couldn't, you know, so you know how the first one, it was like, your purpose should make you cry. I like, I, I couldn't cry, but I think I was withholding. I was like, nope, I can't do this. Nope. Nope. I am a robust <laughs> Don't robot. Don't go that. Don't go there. That's <laughs> awesome. Do you know where you are so far? Where you've ended? Or where you are I most recently? I think I'm in this second class the second okay second 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 module module. yeah awesome so I mean it's it's honestly it's good because I've listened to those the podcast before about investing and everything and I I like how this is more geared towards like when you have time to do stuff it's not somebody Mm -hmm. telling you how to do things or what to do or what they did it's more like how are we going to find your path? Which I like. I, th- totally. I think that's a really smart approach to it. I was super impressed. I can't believe you guys did all of that. Thank you. That's so nice. And that's, I, I like the way that you, that you talked about it. We, we tried really hard. And as you go through, I'll be curious to hear more about what you think. We tried really hard to not like put our like opinions too much into it and be like, this mm-hmm. is what we think you should do. Like, we tried to be a lot more like, this is what it is. And like, this, these are options. And like, this is how you can create your roadmap. And this is how you can like adjust your goals. And this is, these might be, this might be something you're interested in, or mm-hmm. maybe not, or maybe this is something you revisit later. Um, because I think there like, that definitely does happen. Like where you listen to somebody's experience and what they've done. And you like try and think about like how you could like, Oh, how yeah. could I like do that? Like, how could I take that and like put that in my own life? And sometimes it doesn't translate super great. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to try and be like as neutral as possible while still like providing insight. So, oh, 
I'm so excited. I know. I really liked it. I was super, not that I thought it wasn't going to be good, but I was like, <laughs> really, really good. I was super impressed. Thanks. Thank you. We worked really hard on it. We have a, we have some other exciting things coming next month too that are along the same lines. Um, but like to expand on the idea of like, you can invest in yourselves, in yourself mm-hmm. in multiple ways. Like it doesn't just have to be like, you know, obviously like the first part of the, the modules is very focused on like, like investing in your just goals, like your whatever that might be. I really um, liked the finding your reason why. I thought that mm-hmm. was really worthwhile. I thought that was smart. It's, it's always nice to have like that to refer back to, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. why the heck am I doing this? Like when things are really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have like that part that focuses on like your you-ness and then a type of investing, real estate investing. And then we're going to do, um, we have another exciting thing coming probably next month that focuses on another type of way to invest in yourself. So we're really, okay. really, really excited about it. I know. It's cool. I really like it. I'm proud of you guys. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's very sweet. And also I wanted to tell you, um, I listened to the Jensen and Holes, Tamla. <gasps> Did you? Yes. I, so number one, I was proud of us for how we were like, this is weird. This doesn't right? make sense. How do I you thought just we were fall? Like, we were so on the same page as Jensen and Holes. We are Dooley and Adams. We are, we are them. The female version <laughs> of them. <laughs> Yay, we're DA. <laughs> Love that. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I was like, they had more information because I think they know how to like dig for information. Do stuff. Yeah, we're like, oh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Look at this surface level information. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was proud of us for being sketched out by the fact that that fall was like nothing Two inches. Yeah, and I thought it was so. I liked that they interviewed um that guy that now I'm blanking on, but. Yes. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. The detective or whatever. And he was essentially like, sometimes when cases are like really, really difficult, especially if it's a person of color, they're a little bit more like, well, this makes a lot of sense to us. So we're just going to kind of, you know, close the case. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it seems like they did. Like, I, like, they just kind of were like, Mm, I don't know, like, we don't have, like, a good answer, but we have an okay enough answer, like, let's just close it. It's just weird that there's, like, I mean, I bet you there's gonna be more that's uncovered now that people are, it's under a magnifying glass. Absolutely. But what is the motive? Like, that's something I can't wrap my head around. Like, she's, it seemed like everybody really liked her, like, like, the only, like, the really suspicious person is obviously that boyfriend, um, there was another guy at the house, apparently, too. Yeah, like, a couple of the husbands. And they kept saying they weren't supposed to be there, so that was also kind of intriguing to me as well, where I was like, oh, because I wouldn't have thought anything of it, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, and then yeah. boyfriend and one of the friends, they just came because the husband was going to drive them home and, like, whatever, you know what I mean? But yeah. they kept, like, alluding to that, and I was like, that's not something I would have thought of. So, like the ol- like, the only motive that I can, like, that jumps to mind because it doesn't feel like it, like it points to the men, like specifically, Mm -hmm. um, would be that like, perhaps she shot down somebody's advances and Mm. they like 
they didn't take rejection well and then they killed her perhaps it wasn't even on purpose I don't know like that's the only thing that really kind of like makes sense it does kind of sound like she was beaten though and then the other thing too that there was one part where there were conflicting reports like one report said that her arm was like out to brace her fall yes and then another report was that there was no bracing yeah she just like fell right on her face yeah so i am like well what's how do you have two reports exactly like how and i think did they play the 911 call they did, and I, I think you're right. I think that, they did. There was something in the nine one one call that they were like, "That was weird," like the way that oh, he phrased it. He so he like just basically. So what they were saying is, um, usually if you find somebody, apparently this is what they said, you will try and help them. Like your natural instinct will be to try and help them, mm-hmm. but instead he just was like, "She's dead." Like he just like it was like they knew like. They didn't even try and help. They just assumed that she was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know, like, as obviously I've never been in that situation before, but, like, I I almost, I, I was surprised they said that you would try and help because I feel like if that were me, I would be so freaked out that I might not I guess it depends on how well I knew the person like if it were you I would go over and try and help you'd leave me in the street I would would just leave you I'd be like she's yes fantasy crimes is mine (laughs) (laughs) if it was Jeff I would go check on him you know if there's any like anybody I knew really well like I would try and save them but if it was somebody maybe I didn't know super well maybe don't you think a a guest know. of your house, like, if somebody had stayed over, don't you think, like... You would think you would know them well enough. It's not, like, just some random person on the street, right? And even if he didn't know her well enough, the woman who invited her to the party must have known her well enough. You would think stuff, so, like, yeah, you're right. Like, somebody there, it's not like if you, like, were walking down the street and you see somebody just, like, like, laying on the ground, like... Like, I probably, I might not go and check on some random person. Like, like I would go over to them and call 911, but I probably would be a little hesitant to, like, approach them. Right, right. But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, somebody who's, like, at your house who, like, is a house guest, like, you probably know them semi-well enough to feel comfortable I, to go up to them. I think, too, you're also surprised at how much you'll do in a situation like that. Mm, good point. You know, because if you're not in that situation, you don't know. And again, it's like no. the whole everybody grieves differently. Maybe everybody reacts differently. And truthfully, I don't know what I would have said, like, if I saw somebody who was, like, very obviously, like, dead and not breathing and, like, you know, cold and stiff. Like, how much are you really going to be able to do, Yeah, you know? But, yeah, that was weird. And then there was something else that I can't think of that they talked about that I was like, oh, that's also really weird. Hmm. I don't remember. I was listening to it laying on a dock. So it was, like, only half-heartedly paying attention to that por- that portion of it. But, yes, it was it was really interesting. I thought they did a really interesting analysis. Oh, you remembered. I remembered, yes. Um, the door opening and closing. Remember they had, like, the time stamp? Yes, 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 yes. Which, it was, like, and then, oh, the other thing, too, was, didn't they say, like, maybe she was, like, 
the reason that she fell face first or whatever, like swan dove essentially was because, um, she was like trying to stand on this like empty propane tank. Oh yeah. But still, wouldn't you like put your hands out? I don't know. I, it's just, it's, it's all very odd to me. It just, it is. Yeah, I agree. It just doesn't, it doesn't really add up. And like, I do remember now the thing about the, the, the door timestamps. We talked about it a little bit when we went over the case, but mm-hmm. um, uh, Jensen brought it up like a couple times where he was just like, w- like when do those timestamps actually even denote? Because they don't really line up with like an actual opening and a closing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it like, it would have seemed like it didn't actually like open or close again. Like, so it was, yeah, things definitely don't add up and it, it, it definitely was a little like, messy the the reports that were put together and then like some of the things that they found on the autopsy didn't really make sense either I mean she was beaten pretty bad for a two-story fall yeah not like barely yeah Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense so I'm I'm really glad that they covered that and I hope that perhaps they'll do an update and that there'll be some more information that comes out of this now that they've reopened the case because it's, it's, it's very strange. It's a really, really strange case. And it's, it's like, it's such a, um, I want to say small, but I, I don't mean that. I mean, it's like, it's very contained, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, like there were only like a certain number of people and like, it was in like one area. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of these cases where like there's so many different elements that go into mm-hmm. it. Like everything about this case is so contained, which almost makes it more complicated for some reason. Yeah. The th- it's one thing. Like I know that police make mistakes and sometimes something looks like an accident that years later they're like, oh my God, like, you know, when men sure. or women kill their first husband and then it's like, it looks like just this really weird accident, but you can write it off as an accident. Totally. Even though people have suspicions and they kill their next husband and it's like, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Right. Totally. But Happens. this just, it doesn't make sense for an accident because I know no. she had a high blood alcohol level. Like I know that she did, but I also know that really anyone who went to college probably had just as high of a blood alcohol level and was on a deck at some point and didn't fall off and die yeah absolutely it's very rare and like it it is interesting that her blood alcohol level was so high like right at the end of the night like after everyone had dispersed I do wonder about that like I do like is it likely that she was drinking alone but the other thing too is if you think about it so the party ends like in the middle of the night right wasn't around like one or two really was when things actually died down she would have had a high blood alcohol level drinking tequila right i think she had tequila yep i think she did if she was killed right after she was done drinking she would still have a very high blood alcohol level in her system because it it wouldn't move it would stop metabolizing so that to me could just indicate that she was just killed very soon after she had been done drinking and had so been like, dead there for a while. Like everybody left and then it happened. Like it was like, like it would have had to have been like, you know, pretty it's soon an hour after. Or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes me think like perhaps it was like somebody trying to make an advance on her and 
it didn't work out. There's, there's something there. Like, it, I don't know. There's definitely it's something also, there. It's very strange that she was the only person of color at the party and the sure. only person to have something happen to her. Yes. Like, it reminds me of the Alonzo Brooks case. Yes. But they're saying his is likely racially motivated, so you have to kind of wonder. I mean... I mean, yeah, in the area in which her case happened as well is, you know, known for, you know, doesn't have a great history of, um, you know, racial, I don't know, relations. I don't even know what, yeah, racial justice, thank you. Um, So it's, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was racially motivated, it's very odd. It's, it's a very sad. odd case. It's really sad. Yeah. It's super, super sad. So I'm so glad Actually, that that got reopened, though. So to lighten the mood a little bit, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Big Mouth because what else are you going to do in a pandemic? Which Have you watched Big Mouth yet? No, I know. I haven't. It's on. So I have a list of things to watch when I'm like really uncomfortable and I can't do anything anymore, which I'm getting really, really close to, which is like <laughs> so annoying. I'm like, all I want to do is just lay on the couch, but I also can't breathe when I lay on the couch. So, but I, it's on my list. So there's, uh, it's not really a spoiler because you find out in the first episode. Um, one of the kids has a ghost in his house of Duke Ellington, who was like a really famous like jazz person. Yeah. Um, and he was a black musician back in the day, which I think is like the 30s 40s 40s yeah I think so yeah um so there's one episode where they do this whole profile on like his life essentially and so he's Hmm. telling all the kids about what it was like when you know when he went to DC for the first time and all of that and so obviously there was segregation and so at one point a train conductor like in his like flashback says um like go back to steerage where you belong essentially and one of the kids, Ugh. this kid who's, like, he's not the brightest bulb, but he's wicked fucking funny to the show. He's also, he's real weird, too. But he stops the story, and he goes, wait, people were racist even back then? And oh, it just my. makes me laugh so hard. It's like, this kid thinks that we're just racist now. Not that I wish we were just racist now, but I, like, I wish it was just a moment in time. That would be a lot easier to deal with. Well, because it also brings attention to the fact that this is how many fucking years ago and we are still dealing with it. I know. Yeah. I know. So it it just, it made me chuckle. That's really funny. Yeah. I made me chuckle. Speaking of TV shows that uh, tackle uh, racial justice, um, unintentionally though, so have you watched The Umbrella Academy? I have not, but it looks interesting. It's, it's a mind meld. It's really, it's an, it's really good. It's, uh, the music in the fight scenes is, like, so good, delicious, amazing. So definitely would recommend, um, so they're on season, this season two, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and this won't be, I don't think this will be a spoiler because this also happens in the first episode yeah um but there's time travel involved in yeah as as i'm sure you can understand from the 
the way the show goes. I mean, there is a monkey in, like, a suit. There is a monkey in a suit. This is correct. Um, yeah. So, there's Piece time together travel. that it wasn't super realistic. <laughs> there's time travel involved, and they get stuck in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the women, or one of the, the family members, or one of the members of the Umbrella Academy, she is black. And... Um, she gets stuck in the 60s and as you can imagine like coming from 20, like like oh how horrible like so anyway so she ends up like kind of joining the movement um it, this is like right before kennedy's assassination and everything so like there's like yeah. you know we're going through a lot in the in the race in in the um you know in the movement the racial justice movement that was like the height of the civil rights movements yep exactly um so she gets involved in that and there's just a lot of depictions of like, they do a sit-in at one point, and, like, mm-hmm. and I, and there was a riot, and all this stuff, and I just, it, like, oh, my gosh. First of all, so, this was all filmed pre-everything that's going on right now, and, like, yeah. not that in everything that's going on right now is, like, you know, you, anybody should be surprised, but it, you know, there was another large resurgence in, you know, civil rights movement right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the timing of these episodes is actually, like, super relevant um but unintentionally so because this was all filmed back in like 2019 probably 2018 even and then um they addressed some stuff like because the main timeline takes place in 2019 so they Mm -hmm. haven't even reached 2020 yet which Mm -hmm. can't wait to hear what happens when they reach 2020 Mm -hmm. um because they like the whole show centers around different like apocalypses and little did they know they're about to go into another one in 2020. So, um, anyway, a really good show. I'd recommend it. It's, like, very sci-fi-y, but really funny. Um, also a little, like, you know, gruesome here and there, <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, it's really well, good. You know. Actually, funny enough, with um, TV show recommendations, this is I, – I can't even consider this to be a recommendation because the show is so old. <laughs> but did you ever watch The Jinx on HBO? I don't think so. Okay. Jinx. Go and watch it. It's about Robert Durst. It's about Robert Durst. um, Oh, interesting. Who is essentially, like, it's very similar to, like, the Trump family, just with a lot less murder. But essentially, like, I I don't want to ruin it, but also I don't know how I can ruin it because it's been out since 2015. (laughs) And so if you haven't watched it which I think is very few people who would listen to this podcast haven't watched it but if you haven't watched it spoiler alert time at the end so basically it's like this guy his his wife disappears in the 80s his best friend is murdered and then his neighbor is murdered and dismembered which he admits to dismembering his neighbor but he claims it was self-defense I just one dismember in self-defense I know well, he shot the man okay. because yeah, it, but it's like very obviously like what? So these filmmakers um, decide to like do a documentary on him because he basically, after a movie is made about him, he's like, "Hey, I'll do, I'll be interviewed if you want to interview me." To what? which, now this this man is so rich, he got away with murdering and dismembering his neighbor. Didn't go to jail. What? Didn't go to jail. That rich. 
Okay. Um, he it's amazing does that being rich gets you out of that kind of stuff. Yep. So he does the interview against his lawyer's advice, freaking obviously. Okay. The documentary people uncover a whole bunch of shit. And then in the last scene, he still has a mic on. You might have heard this because it was like it blew up in 2015. He still had a mic on and he started talking to himself and he fucking admitted to killing everybody. And he still didn't go to jail. I, oh, I think he's been arrested since. Oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah, no, he actually, his trial has been delayed because of the pandemic. <laughs> but it's, um, so it's called Jinx? The Jinx. The Jinx. It's, it's the story of Robert Durst. Oh, I'm so, that's, it's going on the list. And My like, list again, it's real long. It's like really hard to like spoil that because I remember I was going to watch it um, and then I just never got around to it. But I, I read the article about how he essentially like, he walked into the bathroom. He had been warned before too. Like when your mic is still on, they can catch everything that you say. He like walks into the bathroom. He's like talking to himself. And like, it's imagine. Good. Like, being so self-absorbed that you, like, then decide to, like, be like, <laughs> and they've been getting away with killing all these people, and here are their names, and here's the date that I killed them. <laughs> well, that's not exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no? That's a little editorial. <laughs> but, no, I, I really think he is just that narcissistic oh, that yeah. he wants to push the envelope. Because if he didn't do that freaking documentary, which no one pushed him against the wall to do... He would not be in the situation that he's in. He wanted to see what he could get away with because he's that narcissistic. And oh, he killed yeah. that many people. And he just wanted to see what he'd get away with. I'm telling you. I'm so curious. I can't wait to watch it. It's so good. We, I watched it. So um, Brandon came over this weekend. And um, I wasn't feeling good one day. So we basically watched the entire series in a day. That's amazing. I love that. I love doing that. And one yeah. last TV recommendation before we jump into this, because it's relevant okay. to this, where we're going. Have you watched Indian Matchmaking on Netflix? No, because I don't know how I feel about it. What it. Do you like it? It's so good. It's so good. So the thing, apparently, this is, I don't know how true any of this stuff is. I get all of my information from TV shows. So... <laughs> We fact-check a lot. We, yeah, we're so good at <laughs> fact-checking. So, it, basically what they say is in India, which, surprise, we're going to India today. <laughs> we are, yeah. Um, they, there are, what they say, quote-unquote, is that there's two types of marriages. There's marriage, and then there's love marriage. So, yeah. regular marriage, quote-unquote, is arranged marriage, and then there's love marriage. So you can still do a love, like, even if, like, your family wants to do an arranged marriage, you can still do a love marriage um, if you find somebody that you love. Hmm. But so the way that they do arranged marriages is totally different than what I um, have always understood arranged marriages to be and perhaps has just evolved over the years because um, our more recent generations have more are given more agency. Um, mm -hmm. But basically what happens is the matchmaker um present it's like tinder except like with matchmaking with a matchmaker Love so they, tinder yes so they 
present the, they meet with the families and the families usually have lots of opinions about who they want their, you know, son or daughter to be with. Mm -hmm. And then they present with them, um, like some different options. And then if the boy or girl is interested, I say boy or girl, these are all like late twenties, early thirties people. Um, Ah, the spinsters. Yes, exactly. The ones who <laughs> their parents are like, they need to get married tomorrow. I've been um, calling myself a spinster lately, just out oh, of yes. fun, just because it you're annoys such, Brandon. You're such a spinster. <laughs> um, so they and if they like somebody like on paper, then they go meet them and they go on it like a first meeting, and then they can say like, yeah, I like this person. I want to keep dating them, or they don't like them and they choose somebody else and they go on another date. So it's basically like just a setup. The big difference, I think, is that how much the parents are involved, and then I think the other big difference is how quickly it moves to marriage from the dating phase. So, like, there's some, like, you could go on, like, five dates and then be, like, getting ready to get married within the year. Um, The other interesting thing about the show is it takes place in India and the U.S. Hmm. So, um, so she comes and she does matchmaking for... Um, Indians who are living in the U.S. um, and maybe have been here since they were like children um, and sets them up with other people of Indian descent who are also in the U.S. and then she also does it in India. Um, So I would highly recommend it. It's really funny. Like there's particularly like there's some points in it that are just like hysterical. I'm like I'm deep in it and I'm in love. You know what's interesting to me? And I never actually put this together. So I follow this woman on Instagram. It's called Yes, I'm Hot in This. And it's a, it's a Muslim American woman who, like, wears the very traditional Muslim, like, the abaya and the hijab and everything. And she's really, I mean, she's wicked funny. She, like, draws comics and stuff like that just about her life and, like, you know, cool. different, like, stereotypes that are befuddled on her. Sure, but sure. she is in an arranged marriage. Um because that is also part of some Arabian cultures, mm-hmm. which I don't remember specifically which one she is. I think she's mentioned it, like, once in one of her mm. cartoons. But she was born in the United States. Okay, um, yeah. So she brought up how Married at First Sight, that everybody loved, is an arranged marriage. Like, that yep. is how it works. That's a good point. And it is. Nobody realize she's like so you call it married at first sight you put a bunch of white people on it and it's you know a tv show real it's a really good point you do an arranged marriage now not child's arranged marriages yes that's totally different thing arranged marriages with two consenting parties because a lot of these arranged marriages it's not just a family like oh hey here you go you're me no it's like two consenting parties right yes um get married and it's very much the same thing as Married at First Sight. And I was like, I never thought of it that way. It's a really good point. It's not common in Western culture. And so I think for a long time, it's been like this, oh, this is awful. Like taboo. So bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's actually, yeah, because that's the the big thing is like, at least in, like you said, when it's too, like it is consenting adults saying, I would like, I want to get married. And I, you, like, you, with Married at First Sight, even, like, that might even be a little bit more arrangey than, like, some of these other ones, because oh, yeah. a lot of them, a lot of arranged marriages, um, the two adults will 
like at least meet oh yeah previous do. two and like say like hey how's it going like like you know they'll have at least like you know a little while to talk to each other before they go to the altar whereas that does not happen in marriage at, Plus, married at first sight engaged I think they're engaged for a while too in most cultures in most cultures yeah like especially in um the Indian matchmaking one like they're like they're together for a year before their wedding like they're yeah so like yeah. And in some I know that in um so the woman who was in a in who is the matchmaker, she was in an arranged marriage. It sounds like for her, she met her husband like twenty minutes before they got married. Mm-hmm. Um and she's talked a lot about how it's like changed and evolved and everything. Yes. So I mean, I think that like I, I'm sure that that still happens maybe in some cultures, but like I think for the the norm of an arranged marriage is probably a little bit more like we get a bunch of proposals, we meet with the people, we decide if we like this person, and if we don't like them, then we find someone else, and then we, you know, get married within the year, and so it's, like, it's a range, but it's also, like, like, in a way, like, isn't that kind of nice, like, you, like, somebody else, like, helps you, like, you tell somebody what you like, and then they are, like, oh, I have this list of eligible people who also want the same thing that you do, it is, it is tinder except a little what bit more do you refined prefer, men over five six great <laughs> i mean literally they ask that question they're like we want women between five, over five three we want men between this this height this height this height i don't want to date a lawyer i don't you know i want to date this it like it's fascinating so i would highly recommend watching it um and it is a perfect segue to where we're going today which is new delhi india and really quick, also, yes. on the line of Delhi, India, I need to go turn on my air conditioning because it's hot. And yes. this dog is shedding like psycho, and it is all over me. He's like, I'm and so hot, Mom. you are just a warm body, dude, and you've slept all day, so that's good. I think I, think I saw, like, it can get up to, like, 116 degrees in <sighs> New Delhi. Ooh. And I don't know, like, what the humidity situation is there. Like, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Is Bodhi, it dry heat? In, you want to go live in Delhi? 100, 116 degrees. Look at, yeah. look at this face that I just got. Oh, like, no. he missed it. Mom, he looks no. horrified. He looks, hor- he looks like a cow like this, dude. He does look like a little cow. He's black and white. He's a cow. He's, He's cow. cute. All right. So, tell me about Delhi, because I picked it, and then I basically know nothing about it. Well, me neither, and I researched it. So, (laughs) I spent a really long time researching this, and I am still very confused. So, I apologize to anyone who knows more than me, which is probably most people, but this is what I found. So, New Delhi is a district located in the National Capital Territory of Delhi, um, New Delhi serves as the capital of India and the seat of all three branches of government of India. So although colloquially uh, Delhi and New Delhi are used interchangeably to refer to the national capital ter- territory of Delhi, NCT, these are two distinct en- entities with New Delhi forming a small part of the city of Delhi. Um, the and uh, the national capital region is a much larger entity com- uh, com- comprising the entire NCT along with adjoining districts in neighboring states. So New Delhi is a part of larger Delhi. Mm -hmm. So New Delhi is a cosmopolitan city due to the multi-ethnic and multicultural presence of 
the vast Indian bureaucracy and political system, the city's capital status has amplified the importance of national events and holidays in that city. So as of 2011, New Delhi City, the area under NDMC, I don't know what that stands for because there's <laughs> lots of acronyms. Um, and they're probably yeah. in Indian. They're not in English. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't. Yeah. We are one trick ponies. We know one language. We, we, we are. Sadly. Yes. Sadly. Yes. Um, it has, it, so as of 2011, it had a population of 257,000 people. Um, in one city. Holy shit. Yes. In New Delhi city. And then while New Delhi district had a population of 142,000. So I guess New Delhi district is a portion within New Delhi city, city, question mark. Of course it is. So Hindi is the most widely spoken language in New Delhi and, uh, and the lingua franca of the city? I don't know what that means. Oh, wait. Um, it probably means primary language. Lingua. Oh, okay. Franca, maybe first, like the first language. That kind of makes sense. I'm going to roll with it. Um, English is primarily used as the formal language by business and government institutes. Um, New Delhi has a literacy rate of 89% according to 2011 census, which is the highest in Delhi. Wow. That's pretty high. It um, is, but is it? Like, I wonder what I it would know. be around here. I think I probably... Because literacy is probably, like, I think, honestly, I think literacy in general, like, newspapers and stuff like that are written for a seventh grade reading level. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's what we consider literate, yeah. Fascinating. I definitely want to Google that after. Mm -hmm. Okay. So normally in these episodes, we talk about um, the average income and things like that. I had to do some conversions. It was very confusing. And I Here don't we go. know Matt. what this means. <laughs> so the number... <laughs> okay, so when I looked up... The, the average housing price was 3.26 crore rupees, which I believe equals approximately 435,000 US dollars. For average income? The, oh, I'm sorry. This is average housing. Housing. Oh, that's pretty, that's high. That's pretty high. So 342, 345. So um income was harder because um basically i really screwed so, you over didn't i <laughs> it i kept reading it over and over again hoping eventually it would make sense and it never did so <laughs> i think this is rupees and i don't know Capital R, lowercase s. I th it probably is. Yeah, it's probably like the slang, the shorthand. So this is where it gets really confusing. So it was three thousand sixty-five thousand five twenty-nine. So I'm not sure if one of those. Uh. You know how in other parts <laughs> of the world, not the U.S., they will use commas to denote periods yes yes yes, 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 yes. 
but there's no period. So I don't know exactly where, what that is. So I don't know what that is. So I, I just assumed it was, it was rupees and I put it into good old Google. Yep. And it told me that was $4,000. And, um, I'm not, it doesn't say anywhere here if this is per month or per year or per anything. So I, I'm going to get with the housing month with the housing price. I think we can call it fancy because I literally, yeah. so I found this person and I was like, oh, I looked up Delhi and it was like, it, it looks like it's a lot wealthier than other places. So we're going to go with it. Well, it says that, um, that is three times. So whatever that number is that I just told you, it's three times the national average. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to take into account too. There are a lot of impoverished people in India, a lot of impoverished people. Yes. There was so, also, there was a, a an art, uh, not an article, but like, um, someone asked a question about like how income worked. So somebody a very, a very American person. If I'm going to make $100,000 in Silicon Valley, what is that in New Delhi? Mm-hmm. And somebody gave them a very long and detailed explanation that I could not follow and did not read all of. And Good. basically what it was saying is that the amount that you would make might actually appear to be less because taxes come out and cover something. Hmm. So I don't know, but that's what it is. That's what I found. That's New Delhi. Great. I I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Now you're going to find something really tough for me next week, aren't you? I am totally going to find something insanely confusing. I had no idea what I was reading half of the time. Uh, I'm gonna I was like, come I don't on know here like is. I'm gonna come on here like crying next week. Just FYI. <laughs> Someone send chocolate. Okay. Please send chocolate. So this is actually an interesting story. Now I wanted to do a story that didn't involve somebody dying. So I, I love looked it. up like other crimes. Into and it. I found this one and I liked it. And then I found out that there's death. And I was like, oh, well, I'm too darn. far in. So here we go. It's too deep. I, I tried. I didn't want anyone to die, but sadly, uh, sadly, someone, died. someone, someone dies. So this is the story of Fulan Devi, the bandit queen. Ooh. My only source is Wikipedia. <laughs> Shocking. I mean, <laughs> Wikipedia is a really good source. It's pretty flippin' awesome. Okay, so this story, I'm gonna ask you at the end if you like this woman or not, because I go back and forth, but I think mostly I like her, and I'm going to pause for a second because Bodhi is being a douche. So, Ulan Devi, the bandit queen. So, Fulan was born August 10th, 1963 in rural, I think it's Uttar Pradesh, Pradesh, India. Um, She was the youngest of four children and only herself and her older sister would survive into adulthood. So two out of the four kids lived to adulthood. Yeah. And this was in the, this was in the sixties. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. That's poverty, man. Poverty. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
Her family was very poor, but did own an acre of farmland. After her paternal grandparents died, the farm was turned over to her uncle, since he was the eldest child in um, that family. So it sounds like it was like owned by the grandparents, but kind of like they shared the wealth type deal. And then it was passed down to the uncle who became the patriarch. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So Fulan's uncle became the head of the family when she was 11 years old. And along, or he and along with his son, Maya Din Mala, wanted to cut down an old neem tree on the property. I don't know what a neem tree is. I didn't really look it up, but it's a tree. <laughs> it's a tree. And it's a with tree of contention. It's a, it's a tree of contention in this story. Okay. Um, so Fulan's father initially disagreed with the decision, but finally was like, whatever, fine, I guess it makes sense. And Fulan was not happy about that. She didn't like that. So she was unhappy that her uncle and cousin were trying to run the family farm by themselves. And she was kind of annoyed partially because her father only had two daughters, essentially. So it was like mm -hmm. he was being beat out, which you fucking go, girl. So yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what she does. So she confronts them. She publicly taunted her cousin, calling him a thief, cussing him out, and showering him with abusive language. She okay, was said then. to have, quote, a foul tongue and routinely used abuses, which, girl, same. I got foul mouths, too. And I, I think when it's Foul tongue. I think when it says used abuses, it's not like she physically abused him. I think it was more like she, she was like, like fuck you, fucking fuck. Yeah, berating And he him. was like, oh. So, okay. I, feel, I feel abused. I feel attacked. Okay. Um, <laughs> she did attack her cousin after he berated her for the way that she had been treating him. At last, so finally, she and a few friends staged a dharna, which means a sit-in, and refused to leave the land with um, the tree, even when family elders attempted to forcibly remove her. She was eventually un beaten unconscious with a brick. Oh my. Yeah, and I have no idea that what took, happened to the tree. That took a turn. It took a turn, yeah. Okay, so later that same year, Fulan's family arranged for her to marry Putalil Mala. Okay. He was 33, and she was 11. Oh yep. no. Whoa. So it's one of those arrangements. So it's not Indian matchmaking. It is no. not. No. Um, he was not a good husband or person for that matter, as he was both physically and sexually abusive. Great. Mm -hmm. Good, good, very good. Yep. She tried to run away multiple times. So I think this happened over a course of a few years. Um, she tried to run away multiple times and was eventually returned to her family in disgrace because, oh Lord. God forbid an 11-year-old fucking comes home from a psycho. Okay. Oh, my. Um, her cousin, still bitter about what happened with the tree, years later. Get over the tree. I know, dude. Get over the tree. Accused her of stealing um, some of his possessions, including a gold ring and a watch. So then the police were like, seems legit. So she spent three days in jail where she was again abused. And then she's they, 11, guys. Well, she's 16 now, but she's 16, still. guys. I know. So they then, quote, let her off with a warning to, quote, behave better in the future and live quietly without, quietly without quarreling with others. Mm hmm. Um, 
do, 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 do. At 16, her parents tried to send her back to her husband. So she gets out of jail. And then her parents are like, hey, you know what's a good idea? You going back to that asshole. Yeah, let's put you in your place by sending you back there. Yeah. The family initially did. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. The in-laws didn't want to take her back. They were like, mm, no thanks. But she was probably like, hell yes. Thank goodness. So they did not want to take her back. And so then her family was basically like, um, we'll give you some gifts, like really generous gifts. And the in-laws were also like, oh, it'll be really hard to get our son married off since he's 33 and married. So they decided to take her back because divorce was such a taboo. Okay, so because Fulan was 16 now, so at 16, her parents tried to send her back to her husband. So she gets out of jail at 16. Parents are like, you know what's a good idea? Go back to that family. <laughs> her family, or the family, the in-laws, initially didn't want to take her back. <laughs> but Fulan's family was like, We'll give you a lot of gifts, and they're really nice gifts, and that family was poor, and uh, they were also like, oh, our 30-something-year-old son is already married to a child, so it would be really hard to marry him off to somebody else. Uh, Not because happens. he's a fucking pedophile, no, no, but because he's already married and divorce is a taboo. Yes, that's the real problem. <laughs> so, they take her back. Now that she's 16, she would be able to cohabitate with her husband, who Blech. was now 38. Blech. No kidding, right? Okay. So, of course, this did not work out again, and she went back to her parents. And this time, and I just imagine, like, her in-laws being like, take all these gifts and we're never taking her back. <laughs> Basically, that's what they did. Which, good for you, girl. Good for you. You raise hell yeah. because that shit sucks. Yeah. Get out of that situation. So, because of this, she was marked a social outcast due to the taboo of leaving her husband. Which, again, she didn't leave her husband. She left a pedophile, but whatever. Yes. Um, so, now a social outcast and pretty much estranged from her family, Fulan joined a gang. Which was not super uncommon um, because due to the extreme poverty in the area people would join gangs, you know, much like when there's extreme poverty in places in the United States, people join gangs. Yes. Um, and what they would do is those gangs would steal from richer neighbors, neighboring towns, um, and travelers passing through. So there are two varying accounts for how Fulan joined the gang in 1969. Or I'm sorry, 1979. Good lord. Like, not 1969, <laughs> she would have been, like, six years old. In 1979. One account claims that she was kidnapped for, like, swearing and having a, like, bad mouth or whatever. For having a dirty tongue. <laughs> exactly. And then another account claims that she joined willingly. In her autobiography, she simply states, quote, it was the dictate of fate that I became a, that I became a part of the gang. So she didn't really, she's like, yeah, bitches, let think what you will. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, okay. yeah. So unfortunately, the leader of the gang, Babu Gujar, Gujar, Gujar probably, raped Fulan for the first three days. Uh, yep, lovely. 
um and like mm. abuser and you know so Vikram Mala was the second in command he put a stop to the abuse and the assault by killing the gang's leader Jujar Hujar. Oh. Okay. In doing so Vikram became the gang's leader the next day so he just like killed the leader and they were like well here you go do you now interesting both Vikram and Fulan were married, but didn't really give a shit, and began a relationship. Which, in fairness, Fulan, like, ran away from her husband and all that shit, but apparently was still married, so. Hmm. Um, while in the gang, she learned how to use a rifle and participated in the activities just as the men did. The gang would loot villages of upper caste people, because remember, India had the caste system. I don't know if they yes. still do, but they definitely did. They still do, from my understanding. Ugh, yeah. So they would commit highway robbery, targeting flashy cars, and occasionally kidnap for ransom. Shortly after joining the gang, Fulan was a... Uh, sh oh, shortly after joining, the gang Fulan was in attacked the village where her husband lived. She dragged him out of his house and stabbed him in front of a whole bunch of people and left him for dead on the street. Oh, she hi. left a note warning older men not to marry young girls. Hey. Her husband that. survived, but the attack left behind a physical scar in his abdomen and left him as a recluse because people began avoiding him out of fear of the gang. Don't marry a fucking 11-year-old. Yeah. I mean, not saying that, you know, you should go around stabbing people, but don't marry an 11-year-old. <laughs> There can be multiple morals of this story. <sighs> there, there's a lot of morals of the story. There's a lot of morals. Oh, it just keeps coming. Um, this is kind of a you pick moral story. Um, like you <laughs> picked two from Panera. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you want a bread bowl or do you want child marriages? <laughs> I just want a bread bowl with clam chowder. <laughs> please, please let me go. <laughs> so. Two brothers and gang members, Sri Ram and Lala Ram, or Laya Ram, Lala Ram, were released from jail and returned to the gang. Uh, when they returned, they were upset that Babu Gujar had been killed and blamed Fulan for the death. So obviously, Fulan was like, fuck you. Like, and when they started to attack her, a fight ensued. Vikram broke up the fight and made the Ram brothers apologize to Fulan. Oh my gosh. So, it's important to note that Vikram and Fulan come from the Mala caste, which is okay. much lower than the Rajput caste that the Ram brothers were from. Okay. So, Ram brothers, like, didn't really say too much, but obviously were pissed off because the moral of the story is men just constantly get pissed off. Um, yeah. So the Ram brothers mm -hmm. soon created a rift in the gang. <laughs> mm -hmm. Soon created a, a rift in the gang by targeting people in the Mala caste whenever they raided villages. So they would go in and they would find these people from a caste even lower than them and just, like, beat them. The beatings of these people <laughs> angered other Mala members of the gang and actually drove a lot of them to leave. At the same time, the Ram brothers were recruiting more Rajput members, so more from their caste. Okay. 
Um, it got to the point where there was such a divide, Vikram proposed that the gang split. However, this did not end up happening. The remaining Mala members were also not pleased with Vikram, with Vikram as some of them had a relationship with his wife and didn't like that he was with Fulan, and others were just pissed off that he was able to have a relationship with a woman. <laughs> Everybody just gets fucking upset. Yep. Um, one day, a gunfight broke out between Vikram and Sri Lam. Fulan and Vikram were able to escape. However, they were tracked down and Vikram was killed. Fulan was kidnapped by the gang, brought to, oh God, Bemai? I think it's Bemai, where she was locked up, beaten and raped, and humiliated for three weeks. At one point, she was paraded naked around the village. So, this reminds me of Game of Thrones. If anyone's been, like, keeping count, she's been raped, like, more times than I can count. Oh my gosh. This poor, poor person. So, she was luckily able to escape with help of lower caste villagers and even some Mala members. Okay. So, like, from the original gang. So, one of the men who helped her escape was Man Singh. And shortly after the rescue, the two became lovers and leaders of a new gang of Malas. Which, I just love that she's like, hey man, <laughs> I need a new man. And she just takes what she wants. I just, I love it so she's much. She's definitely like a, you know, she's, she's been through it. And instead of letting that, like, beat her down, she's like, you know. It does, it fuels her, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely her. fuels her. Yeah. Which, like, I mean... Get it. Yeah. So, um, she becomes a gang leader. Like in the previous gang, they looted from the upper caste. Now, there are rumors that Fulan would only target the wealthy and would actually share the wealth with lower caste people in the town. So, it's kind of like a Robin Hood style. Though, Indian police <laughs> deny this, stating that there was never any evidence um, they shared their money. But Interesting. I don't totally know because the Indian police didn't like her, obviously. So they're not yeah, going to. So they were going to. They weren't going to defend her. So I. I have questions about that. Um, okay, on February fourteenth, nineteen eighty-one, Fulan and her gang went back to Bemai, where she had been held captive. So where she, the brothers took her back and all that stuff. Um, her plan was to seek revenge for the atrocities committed against her. The gang went into town dressed as police officers and demanded the villagers bring them the Ram brothers. Hmm. When they were unable to be located, located, Fulan executed all the young men in the village. They were ordered to kneel in the river and were shot in a burst of gunfire. The gang killed 22 men in total. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's rough. That is, that is really rough. So this obviously sparked outrage, and a massive manhunt was set up for Fulan and her gang. The manhunt was largely unsuccessful, as Fulan was a Robin Hood-type figure to the poor, and they supported her. This is when Fulan became known as the Bandit Queen. So, I mean, I do this, like that title, though. Yeah. This went on for two years. Wow. And the police were never able to get her, until she agreed to turn herself in. So, like, people were really helping her out, which is why I don't totally believe the Indian police account that she um, didn't help yeah. others because... Why else would everyone I, be helping her? She really got away with it, yeah. 
So she agreed to turn herself movie. in. This would be a great movie. Well, girl, it is a movie. Oh, did I miss that? Did you no, say that? I, I tell you later. <laughs> oh, I was like, I just predicted the future. No, I just predicted the future. <laughs> no. Actually, the movie came out in like 94, so. <laughs> oh, I predicted the past. Not as, not as good. Oh, God. Nostra Taylor over here. <laughs> it's me. Um, <laughs> so, Bulan turned herself into police two years after the massacres. She was willing to negotiate the terms with police as her gang had fallen on hard times. She herself was not in good health, and many of her gang members were dead, either from rival gangs, police, you know, but a lot of them had died. In February 83, she surrendered with the following terms. And this, I, I can love all of this. This is great. So number one, she will only surrender to the Madhya Pradesh police as she did not trust the Uttar Pradesh police. Okay. Two, she would not lay her arms down in front of police, but instead in front of the images of Gandhi and the Hindu goddess Durga, who I think she, um, like, prayed to a lot after they, mm. you know, raided villages and stuff and thanked for safety and things like that. Um, three, the death penalty will not be given to any of her gang members that surrender. Mm. Four, her gang members would not receive more than eight years in prison. <laughs> I like these demands. Five, a plot of land will be given to her. <laughs> and I six, so can't wait to watch this movie. <laughs> and six, her entire family should be escorted by police to see her surrender ceremony. And they agree to all of this because they literally couldn't catch her. Yes. Okay. She is a queen. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right? She's basically like, listen, bitches. <laughs> I just love that she's like, I want land. <laughs> I did all this shit. I still want to get land. I love it. Mm -hmm. So in total, there were about 10,000 citizens, 300 police, and the prime minister all there to witness her surrender. <laughs> she was charged with 48 crimes and awaited trial in prison for 11 years. During her time in prison, she was treated for ovarian cysts and underwent a hysterectomy. Mm. She was released on parole in 94 after intercession of the leader of the Mala community. Okay. And the government of Uttar Pradesh also withdrew all charges against her. Wow. Mm -hmm. So obviously people were like, what? And did not like this, but there's a lot of controversy. And remember... Mala was the community that she was a part of. So the leader of the Mala community, it, it, you know, makes sense that he would be the one to, like, release her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so shortly after being paroled, <laughs> she married Umed Singh. <laughs> I just love this. This woman can get it. I mean, she must she's, just, little she's just like, oh, got it. Love it. Yes. What I want. Exactly what I need. Just going and getting it. She's like, oh, sir, you are, she must, she must have been, like, pre-Tinder, because she, the amount of women, shortly after being paroled, she married this man. She I'm just, telling you. She knew what she wanted, she went out there and she got it. Exactly. Um, so he later went on to become a politician. One year after her release, Fulon was invited to participate in a conference about alcohol prohibition and women pornography. 
which I'm not gonna lie, I don't totally understand what that conference was about. Okay. <laughs> it's like alcohol prohibition and women pornography. It's not even women in pornography, it's women pornography. Not exactly sure what that means, but sure. I don't know what that conference was about. It I don't get it. But and I also am kinda like interesting that she was invited one year after release from prison, but whatever. So this was the kickstart to her career in politics. She served as a member of parliament from 96 to 98, and then again from 99 to 2001. What? Yeah, so she goes from, like, <laughs> being a bandit to being a member of parliament. She, wow. And she got voted in. I'm telling you, and this is why I think she really was a Robin yeah, Hood like figure. Yeah, like, everybody loved her. people liked her. Like, you know? <clears throat> so, and to some degree, like, again, I do not think you should kill, like, killing the 22 men, I don't agree yeah, that with that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was not necessary. But also at the same time, can you think about the battered women syndrome this woman must have? Oh, my, I can't even imagine. Like, I can't, you know? I mean, she's gone through so much in her life, I can't even fathom. I mean, we talked about her being raped on three separate occasions, yeah. just yeah. in this alone. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah, count anything else that's happened to her. Right. So, um, sadly, on July 26, 2001, Fulan was assassinated. She was shot by three masked men outside of her home in Delhi. Oh my. She was, yeah, she was shot nine times and was declared dead upon arrival at the hospital. Now, police were accused of mishandling her case. So apparently some party workers picked up revolvers that had been dumped by the killers and hidden. Three people staying in her house were accused of knowing about the revolvers, but the firearms had disappeared before the police were ever able to do any forensic analysis. So this is like where it gets like real weird and sketchy. And again, it, I'm not a huge one for conspiracy theories, but it would make sense that the police didn't really give a shit because she yeah. duped them for so long. Absolutely. I wouldn't um, be surprised by that at all. Yeah. So, Cher Singh Reina was found guilty of her murder in August 2014. So she was killed in 2001, and this guy was found guilty in 2014. He claimed it was in retaliation for the Beme massacre. Okay. He was sentenced to life in prison and a fine, which at that point, like, isn't life in prison bad enough? Yeah. <laughs> like, and $300. Like, and you're like, come on. I don't need the icing on the cake. <laughs> right. So the 10 other people that were accused were all acquitted. Fulan's sister has also stated she believes that Fulan's husband had something to do with the murder. However, nothing has ever come of that. So, Fulan Devi has had multiple movies based on her life, including Bandit Queen, released in 1994. Fulan was illiterate. However, she composed an autobiography titled The Bandit Queen of India, an, Indian's woman, an Indian woman's amazing journey from peasant to international legend. And that is the story of The Bandit Queen. Wow. So what do you That's think? What are, your, what are your thoughts on her? I mean, I think she's so cool. Like, she, she, I think she's, she does, she's like a Robin Hood, like, in my mind, like, but, like, cooler, because then she goes on to do even, like, more amazing things. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, did she not have, some, like, were there some bad things along the way that happened? 
Yes, for sure. But she, like, I mean, the things that she overcame to end where she did, like, that's incredible. And, like, the fact that she was able to make those demands when her whole life so many demands had been made upon her, like, it's... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Like, you know, you can't, sometimes in certain situations, it's like you can't judge somebody's mental state or motivation or, right. you know, we don't know what else was going on in all of the, like you said, like the, it was such a mishmash of things that were happening. So, I mean, I, now I, do you know what the movie's called? The Bandit Queen. It's called, just called The Bandit Queen. I'm definitely yeah. adding it to my list of things to watch. Um, the interesting thing for me, though, is that she didn't kill just to kill. Yes. Yeah. She hurt people who hurt her. Yeah. Granted, yeah. I think she was just so hyped up and it wasn't okay to kill those 22 men. But at the same yeah. time, you can kind of understand why she did. Like, you can understand that anger that she you had. Can. Yeah. Like, if you, you know? like, I mean, if you were watching, like, this is what I relate it back to, like, if, if it, this was a fictional story, right, and you were watching this as, like, a movie, let's say, wouldn't you be on her side? Yeah, and I think that's why there's movies about her. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> even and though it's not fictional, you're still like, come on! You still want her to succeed, you know, because she's been through so much. And, like, yeah, there was definitely, like, you know, bumps in the road. But, like, yeah, I, like, I, I'm at that is a really cool, I'm so glad you covered that. I, that's a really cool story. I just randomly came across this. I, like, typed in, um, like, Robin Hood-esque crimes, and she came up, and I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. I love that. What a good idea. That was such a good search. Yeah, I was really hoping no one would die, and then I was like, god damn it. <laughs> but it was like a, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it, it was, it's always sad when people die, but it, it you know, it went back the other way. Yeah, it definitely did. But yeah, so what do we got for, um, I don't even know if it, would it be a funny crime? Is it a haunting? Is it even in Delhi, India, since you had such a hard time finding it? So after I did the research on, like, what is New Delhi, um, I was at a loss, but I ended up going the route of um, actually, similar to what you did last episode, strange things that only happen in India, according oh. to uh, Business Insider. Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily strange. I'd say they're more interesting. Um, I mean, some of them were strange, but, like, most of them were just kind of interesting and, like, I had no idea. Um, I just grabbed a few that were, I thought were kind of uh, interesting or funny or, you know, a nice little tidbit for you to know. Hmm. So, this one is just fascinating. So, people put up photos of deities on buildings, on building walls to prevent public urination. So, nearly 50% of Indians' population is said to not have a toilet at home, and public Oof. defecation is a huge problem. Um, so, BBC columnist uh, wrote about a home where people had put up photos of Indian deities to prevent people from urinating on their walls. Um, so, apparently, that's a common thing to do which hmm. it seems like a good solution. I mean, also, you know, helping people and allowing them to get toilets would be a better solution, but good in interim solution. Um, <laughs> good interim solution. <laughs> Quick so, thinking on your feet. Yes. We like 
we like that. So next one is families hire pre-wedding detectives to snoop on prospective brides and grooms. Lovely. Lovely. Indians are hiring private investigators to run a background check on prospective brides and grooms ahead of the wedding. Uh, BBC reports that the business is booming for Indians pre-matrimony detective agencies. I wasn't totally surprised by that based on the Indian matchmaker thing. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Not that they ever touch upon this at all, but I can see because the families are, like, so involved and, like, there's this really um, big focus on, like, the, the kids coming from, like, good families and, like, cultured and, like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I could see this, them wanting to, like, control the situation. Yeah. So check out that show on Netflix. It's really good. Um, this was really interesting. So banks have no locks on their front doors. Um, really? So, yeah. In um, Shani Shingnapore, a famous temple in the town of Maharashtra, uh, residents have houses without doors and locks because they believe it protects. They're protected by Lord Shani. Um, the town got its first commercial bank, UCO Bank, in 2011, and it has no lock on its front door. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? And then, bringing it right around to fanciness, um, I will end on, billionaires build entire skyscrapers and live in them as homes. So, oh my God. I know, Indian billionaire uh, Mukesh Ambani built a 400,000 square foot, 27 story building called Antilla, um, that was estimated to cost $1 billion. His family and their staff are the only occupants of this home. It's gotta be a bitch to clean. Right? That's why the staff has to live there. So, uh, that's my, uh, interesting things about, about India. I would have never guessed that they built skyscrapers solely for themselves. I know, isn't that fascinating? I think that's so, I'd love to see the inside, like, I'd be so fascinated. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I get lost in in this place, let alone right. my own skyscraper. I get lost in my own <laughs> head sometimes. Um, so anyway, thanks for taking us uh, to another another place. You, you just keep taking us out of the U.S., and I secretly know that's because you just don't want to be here. Um, I mean, I like you here, but, you know. Sometimes. 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 Been here for a long time. No, I think next week I'll do something in the U.S. I have, I have some thoughts. I have some I, thoughts. I have some feelings. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> um, <laughs> but thanks for uh, joining us for another interesting uh, crime this week, guys. And uh, check yep. out that movie because it sounds bomb diggity. It's on my list now. I know. We got a petition Netflix to put it on there. Either I have yeah. to like go and like maybe it's on Prime. I don't know. It's probably not. I don't know. I mean, it's like, an old ass movie. Arm and a light for it. Oh yeah, YouTube. YouTube might be the way to go. Anyway, check it out. Let us know what you think. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed, and we hope to see you slash not see you slash have you hear from us next week. Yes, you will hear from us. We will not hear from you unless we hear from you. But so, please message us on Instagram. So we can hear from you. Summer break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pregnant and stuck in my house during a pandemic. Send me a DM. 
<laughs> we give you permission to slide into those DMs. Please come on in. <laughs> anyway. I hope well, you all have a great rest of the week and stay safe and stay healthy. Until next time. next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. See you next time.